Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Empowerment with Elizabeth. Today, I'm here with my sweet new friend, Mary Margaret, and she was Miss Mississippi, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about her year and her experience as Miss America. So, Mary Margaret, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. um, Thank you so much for having me on your podcast, Elizabeth. I'm very excited to be here. Um, Like you said, my name is Mary Margaret. Um, My maiden name was Hire, but I am somewhat a newlywed, so I'm Mary Margaret Hire more. Uh, And I was Miss Mississippi in 2019 was when I was crowned. And then I actually uh, was Miss Mississippi 2020 as well, because this little thing called the coronavirus pandemic happened and Miss America was forced to postpone all competitions for a year. So I was incredibly humbled and honored and had the privilege of serving as Miss Mississippi for two consecutive years, which was a little different than the traditional Miss Mississippi experience. But It was super special and I loved every second of it. Um, Now I am 27 years old living in New Orleans, Louisiana, and I'm completing my third year of law school. So I'm almost done just in the home stretch in my last semester. And um, I've been very lucky to have all of my legal education paid for by the Miss America organization and the Miss Mississippi Corporation. So um, that's one of the big reasons I advocate for participation in MAO and I'm very thankful to be able to share my story and um, my times with MAO. Yay. Okay. So talk about what got you started in pageantry to begin with. So um, when I was in high school, I competed in an organization called Distinguished Young Women or Distinguished Young Women. It used to be called Junior Miss. So people may be familiar with that title. Um, But I was Lamar County's Distinguished Young Woman in 2014, and that really gave me the opportunity to discover my love of pageantry, I guess. The um, DYW, Distinguished Young Woman, doesn't consider themselves a pageant necessarily, but ultimately they kind of compete in all the same areas that a pageant has. Um, So we had a little modeling portion, we had an interview, talent, and a fitness uh, component to competition. So it really is a pageant, even though they call themselves a scholarship organization. So I was really lucky uh, to come in the top five at the state program for DYW. Um, I think I was, oh gosh, it was so long ago now. I was either third or fourth alternate to Mississippi's Distinguished Young Woman, and I won overall talent at state. So that kind of just um, let me know that I enjoyed competing in such types of competitions. And ultimately, I also won about $10,000 towards um, my college education through the Distinguished Young Women program. Um, but ultimately, I thought I was done competing in, in quote-unquote pageants at that point. And I went to college. I did my freshman, sophomore years of college just as a normal college girl. I didn't really see a future in pageantry. But I was home for my winter break. Um, I think it was halfway through my sophomore year. No, halfway through my junior year, excuse me, of college. And I got a message from a local field director uh, for the Miss Mississippi Corporation and he reached out and said, hey, we've got this Miss Mississippi local competition coming up and we need a couple more girls to compete. And we heard through some of our pageant network people that you've competed in, you know, pageants, quote unquote, before and you might be interested. Um, would you want to compete in this local competition? And I thought, why not? You know, I've never been afraid of trying new things. And um, as I mentioned, it wasn't a totally new concept to me. And I was a voice major in college. So I'd been working on some songs and my voice lessons. I had a talent and I borrowed a gown and a swimsuit because there was swimsuit at the time from a neighbor who had competed in Miss Mississippi. So basically I showed up to this local competition just on a whim, kind of thinking I was doing my good deed of the month and um, helping them have enough participants. And ultimately I ended up winning somehow. Um, It was a 
like I said, just a total experiment, just something that I was trying to do to get out of my comfort zone. But I won. And two weeks later, I was at Miss Mississippi orientation and just felt like I had no idea what I'd gotten myself into. Um, But I I got the bug. I competed um, that summer for the first time in 2017. And I loved it. I loved the sisterhood. I loved all the experiences that I had. I loved getting to serve my community and expand my community service initiative, which is organized tissue donation. And I was hooked. And so I competed two more times and ultimately was crowned Miss Mississippi my third time and the rest is history. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, DYW and the teen program for MAO are something that I'm so jealous of the girls who got to do it because I, I didn't do pageants back then. I'm, I'm super new to pageants. So I'm like so bummed that I didn't be that I wasn't able to do it um, because it just seems like such a great program and $10,000 is crazy. So that's that's so awesome. I love that. It was great. I, I, I loved it. And it definitely prepared me for um, the big girl crown, quote unquote, one day. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so talk about your talent. You mentioned that you were a voice major. So I'm assuming your talent is singing. So talk about, you know, what your winning talent was, what your talent was at Miss America, and how you kind of went through the process of choosing a piece to sing. Yeah, so um, I I started college as a voice major, and eventually it became my minor because I was like, oh, um, I need to get a real job one day. Not that being a vocalist is not a real job. It just uh, didn't seem like a real job for me. Um, So anyway, I was a voice minor in college, and I was an an opera singer, actually. So um, my first year competing for Miss Mississippi, I actually didn't sing opera. I sang and played the piano at the same time because I was trying to be different and I, you know, I wanted to win and do well. And I just didn't know that doing an opera song would speak to the Miss Mississippi audience as much as, you know, something more contemporary that people knew. Um, Well, I didn't make the top 10 or even the top 15 my first year uh, competing. So I was like, uh, I shouldn't do pop music anymore. I should go back to what I know, stay in my lane. And um, my second and third years competing, I did sing more operatic selections. Um, And the third year of the year I won, I also won a talent preliminary award that year. And the piece I sang was called, And This Is My Beloved, from a musical called Kismet. Kind of older. It's um, a little obscure. Uh, But I loved it. I love that song. And actually, uh, that song played in the prelude of my wedding a couple years ago. So that song, uh, And This Is My Beloved, I will always love. And then um, going to Miss America, I wanted to change my talent, just wanted to give myself something to work on and improve um, between winning Miss Mississippi and competing at Miss America. So I sang an aria called uh, the Queen of the Night aria from Mozart's opera called The Magic Flute. So it was a German aria. It was very hard. And it was a song that I always had wanted to sing. And that was my Miss America selection. So I don't know if you're into opera music, but it's fun to listen to sometimes. I could not for the life of me I can't even sing normal music I wish I could. <laughs> I like to pretend like I can um I've decided that I'm going to learn how to sing eventually never for like a talent but just like a good I, goal. I always say that yeah. like God didn't let me have a singing voice because he knew it would be too powerful <laughs> so, um but no I'm always like so impressed with opera performances like um Florida North Carolina this past year at Miss America I was like beautiful <laughs> so cool <laughs> they were fabulous I really enjoyed enjoyed their performances um but yeah it was it was a really cool experience to get to sing some really 
um, beasts of arias as Miss Mississippi. That's probably one of the most fun things about being Miss Mississippi is you perform so many times throughout the year. You really can kind of like sing all these songs that you always dreamed of singing, but never had the opportunity. Um, I definitely had quite a repertoire that I got to get through in two years of being Miss Mississippi. So it was cool. Yeah. Switched up. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Absolutely. So talk about talent. So what, what is your favorite phase of competition overall? And then talk to us a little bit about why that phase is your favorite. Oh goodness. Uh, it's so hard, especially because Miss America went through so many transitions while I was competing. So when I began competing, swimsuit was a part of competition. And even the year I won, I competed in swimsuit at the local level, not at state, but at the local level. Um, swimsuit was still a part of competition. And I loved swimsuit when that was a part of competition because it felt like the one night where all I had to do was put on a swimsuit and walk and have a good time. It was pretty, pretty simple as an area of competition, as long as I'd done the work to prepare and, and feel confident doing that. Um, but in the, the new era, I guess, um, with fitness, um, and then the, the era that I won in where there was no fitness or swimsuit, I would say probably interview was my favorite, um, just because it's the most extended period of time that you have with the judges. Um, I know it can be intimidating for some girls to think about getting in front of a panel of people and being grilled for 10 minutes, but really that's, it's, it's not that way. It's really more of a conversation and really is your, your opportunity to let the judges know who you are and why you think you're the most prepared contestant to be Miss Mississippi. Um, so I would say probably interview and now, especially being in law school and about to enter my career as an attorney, those public speaking skills are really just invaluable. And I totally credit the Miss America organization to give me, giving me those public speaking skills through interview. I love that. And part of your interview too is talking about your, I guess, was it SII whenever you competed? Oh goodness. Uh, when I started, it was just a platform, just a plain old platform. And then it became uh, yes, your social impact initiative. And now I guess it's the community service initiative. So it's, it's taken many forms. Um, but it was it was the social impact initiative when I won. So talk about what yours was and what you kind of championed with it throughout your years competing as a local title holder, and then what you focused on your year as Miss Mississippi twice with your platform. Yeah, so my platform or CSI, SII, whatever you want to call it, was um, it's called Advocate, Celebrate, Donate, Diminishing the Donor Organ Deficit. So organ and tissue donation was the cause that I championed. Um, and that was because when I was in middle school and high school, my grandmother went through kidney failure and her only options um, as to having a positive prognosis were either to be on dialysis and wait for an organ to come up for transplant or to find a living donor that was able to give her a kidney. And we were really blessed um, that my mother was able to give my grandmother, her mother, um, that donated kidney. And they went through that procedure down here in New Orleans um, at auctioner. And it was a, a success. It was a perfect match. And so my family just had this really wonderful testimony of the power of organ donation, um, not only being able to donate while you're living to a loved one, but also registering as a donor so that you could possibly give to other people that you don't even know. 
um, when you don't need your organs one day. So that was the cause that I championed. I traveled the state of Mississippi and encouraged people to register as organ, eye, and tissue donors and um, partnered with the Mississippi Organ Recovery Agency throughout that process. And it was such a wonderful experience, um, A, just to get to educate people about some of the misconceptions about organ donation and transplantation, um, but also, you know, so many people are open to the concept of being organ donors. They just don't know how to register. It's just not something that they think about in their daily life. And it really is such an easy thing to do. Um, you just go on your phone and you can register on your phone. It takes 30 seconds. Um, so it was just really wonderful to spread that message and also get to know so many donors, so many recipients of organs, um, so many patients and so many healthcare providers that work in the organ donation sphere in Mississippi. It's just a wonderful community. And it was really an honor to get to kind of wear the banner for that cause. I got to talk to um, Boston Patera. I don't know if you watched the teen competition this year for Miss America, but she was Miss Nebraska's teen. And that was her CSI. And it was so cool to listen to her talk about it because she was talking about, um, you mentioned eyes earlier. And she was like, you know, I was obviously so sad to lose my grandma, but it was so cool because both of her eyes were given to two different little girls and, you know, she, they were able to see. So um, it was it was just really cool to hear her talk about that. And um, she also something that was really cool, too, that I thought was because, um, you know, she, she was a teen. And so she was working specifically with kids who had just gotten their license and had just turned right. 16 or freshly 16, um, because that's when that's one of the like main times where you're faced with the OK, I need to choose like right now. like this Right. Is- front of me. Um, mm-hmm. So that's such a great cause. It really is. Yeah. And, you know, you can, like I said, register on your phone. You can register at the DMV when you're getting your driver's license, um, like you, you mentioned, but also it can just be as simple as having a conversation with your family and letting them know like, hey, if something were to happen to me, I just want you to know my intention is to donate my organs and tissues. Um, and, you know, because ultimately the family members could be the people making that decision for you. Um, so it's just a really important conversation to have. And I got to have it with the whole state of Mississippi for two years. And I was so lucky to do that. I love it. I love it. Okay. So talk about what your preparation for Miss America looked like. You know, what did you focus on? What was the most stressful part of prep? Is there anything that shocked you about your prep for Miss America? All the things. Oh, sure. Oh, goodness. Miss America prep. It feels like it was yesterday, but a million (laughs) years ago, all at the same time. Um, So when I won Miss Mississippi, the night they put the crown on my head, we went to my contract signing meeting the next day. And I said, when's Miss America? And they said, we don't know. And they, there was there was really no plan for Miss America at the national level when I won Miss Mississippi. So we kind of didn't know how to prep necessarily right at first because we didn't know when orientation was going to be. We didn't know when headshots were due by. We didn't know when talent selection was due by. We knew nothing. And so um, traditionally in the past, when Miss America had been in Atlantic City in September, Miss Mississippi would be shipped off across the country to get headshots done, pick out her Miss America evening gown, do all the things, um, shop at um, Saks for all of her clothes that she wanted to wear to Miss America. And so because we didn't know what we were supposed to be doing, I got to go do all of that um, as if it was traditional days and I was going to Atlantic City in September because we just didn't know what else to do. Um, So my prep for Miss America started off with a bang. We went right to Atlanta to take headshots and then to Columbus to pick out gowns. And all the while we were listening to talent selections, trying to figure out what my talent was going to be. 
Um, so it was a whirlwind right at first. And eventually we did find out that Miss America was actually not going to be until December. So we were able to kind of pump the brakes and um, focus on other things other than prep. Um, but I will say prep was wonderful. Um, I enjoyed every second of it. It really was a blessing to have it your full-time job to be just improving yourself and making yourself the best version of yourself that you can be, whether that be with your talent, um, with your modeling, with interview. And, and my prep was pretty interview focused just because that was kind of the way Miss America was branding at the time. Miss America 2.0 was um, the new hot thing. And it was really all about Miss America, the job, it's a job. And so it, my prep was very interview heavy, which, which I enjoyed. Cause as I mentioned, I love interview. Um, but it was, it was hard also because while it was my full-time job to be doing this Miss America prep, it was also my full-time job to simultaneously be in this Mississippi. And so playing that juggling act of um, preparing for Miss America while also pouring all of myself into my appearances and my social impact work. Um, it was an interesting balance, but I think us pageant girls do balance and multitasking better than literally anyone else. So it was just an opportunity to improve those skills that, that all of us pageant girls have. That's awesome. I love that. And you've kind of talked about it, you know, you mentioned that you were the COVID queen. So talk about the shift from that first year to the second year, because I've always I've always wondered that, you know, I'm like, in the second year, it's so hard because it was peak COVID, you know, you could do online appearances, but how beneficial is that? Were they common? Were people looking for that? So kind of talk about the difference between the two years. There was a a definite difference in the two years. Um, My first year well, really when I won in June, all the way up until March of 2020, obviously, um, I was just all over the place driving at least five to 7,000 miles a month, making all my appearances throughout Mississippi, um, preparing for Miss America, going to Miss America, all the things. Um, when I returned home from Miss America, my appearance schedule was just as crazy as it had been prior to Miss America. So it was a just a constant grind is how I would describe it. And then in March, like maybe the second or third week of March, I was on a weekend of appearances. I was kind of traveling from city to city because I had multiple appearances in different cities that weekend. And my business manager started emailing me cancellations, 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 cancellations. And basically my entire calendar got canceled in one weekend because COVID had come to Mississippi and um, social distancing procedures were kind of being initiated at that point and the world was starting to shut down. And so from March, I would say until maybe June, um, I kind of sat at home and, you know, I tried to keep social media interesting and post encouraging messages to Mississippians, hang in there, mask up, don't forget to wash your hands, do all the things. Um, But I definitely was not making appearances, even Zoom appearances right at first, because nobody knew what that was yet. (laughs) Um, So it was really interesting to go from 100 miles an hour to zero miles an hour, almost overnight. Um, In a way, I feel like I needed that rest for like the first week, because I was had just been going, going, going since I'd won in June. But then after about a week or two, I started getting really I don't, depressed, for lack of a better word, because here I am in the middle of this once in a lifetime opportunity that I worked so hard for. And it's kind of seemed like my March through June, my remaining times 
left in the job, I was going to be sitting around and doing nothing. And it kind of felt like I had been robbed of this once in a lifetime dream. Um, but then in about April, um, I got the word that I was going to get to do a second year. And my mom and I like threw a party in our kitchen. We were so tickled because we had just thought like, okay, Miss being Miss Mississippi is over. Um, but then I got a, a new chance to do it all over again. Um, so at that point, you know, people kind of figured out the Zoom thing and I was able to get Zoom appearances scheduled. And then eventually we we all did reemerge into the world and I did a lot of masked appearances. Pretty much my whole second year of Miss Mississippi, all of my pictures I'm masked, which is fine because, you know, I got to be back out in communities and doing the work that I loved. Um, and hopefully people didn't get too sick of me, <laughs> me being Miss Mississippi for two years. But um, it really was such a blessing. Um, it, it came with a lot of challenges having that that job and that pressure of being Miss Mississippi on you for twice as long as girls traditionally have that pressure. It was, it was interesting. Um, it was a great test of my resilience, um, but I wouldn't change a thing about it. It was a blessing. I love that. So my next question is technically, what is your favorite appearance that you did? But since you had two years, I'm going to let you pick two. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I love that. Um, so what comes to mind as my first appearance would actually be um, a standing appearance that I did monthly only for my first year. And this used to be a, a tradition that every Miss Mississippi did um, prior to COVID. They don't do it anymore because of health concerns. But traditionally, Miss Mississippi um, would go and visit the Children's Hospital of Mississippi once a month. And it was called the Children's of Mississippi Birthday Party. And Miss Mississippi was always the special guest. And so all of the kids in the hospital were invited to the birthday party, but we would celebrate specifically the kids who had a birthday that month. And um, it was just so wonderful once a month to go visit those kids and we do arts and crafts and sing karaoke and just sit and talk about our days. And they'd ask me questions about what it was like to be Miss Mississippi. And um, I got to get to know their parents and their nurses and just a wonderful time of community because a lot of these kids would be in the hospital long-term, um, some for weeks, months, years even. Um, but just for that one day at the birthday party, for that one hour, um, once a month at that birthday party, they just got to be normal kids hanging out with Miss Mississippi. Um, so that was definitely my favorite appearance in my first year. I did it once a month, so I did it more than once. Um, and then my favorite appearance in my second year, hmm, that's a really tough one. Uh, oh, I know what it was. So um, the University of Mississippi Medical Center, they did this parade that was in honor of the healthcare workers who had been working so hard during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and they invited me to be a part of this um, parade that was saying thanks to these healthcare workers. And so my mom and I, we woke up at I think two o'clock in the morning and drove up to Jackson because they the parade was happening during shift change and healthcare workers have crazy hours and they shift change at really odd times of the day. And so I don't remember if the parade start time was like six in the morning, 6.30, it was something crazy like that. Um, but it was basically the entire uh, Jackson Police Department and me. We were the only people in the parade. And because uh, it was COVID, you know, you couldn't ask people to travel and be a part of things in person. Um, so anyway, it, they got me and they got the the JPD. 
but it was just super amazing uh, to be able to say thanks to these healthcare workers. My dad is a healthcare worker. He's a pulmonologist. Um, so he works with lungs. So the COVID-19 pandemic was obviously huge for him and his coworkers as well. Um, but it was just really nice to get to say thank you to our healthcare workers at UMMC in that parade. Um, being Miss Mississippi, I think means a lot in the state of Mississippi, um, talking with other title holders for other states, like Miss New York, for example, was a friend of mine. And she was like, you know, New Yorkers don't really care about Miss New York because you can walk down the streets in New York City and see actual real life celebrities. But, you know, in Mississippi, it's really rare to come across a celebrity. So Miss Mississippi really is kind of a celebrity in the state of Mississippi. Um, and it was moments like that where I got to be a part of things that were so, so important and so special that um, I really valued being a state title holder, but specifically being Miss Mississippi. That's so sweet. I love that. Okay. So aside from COVID, because that's the obvious, but aside from COVID, what was the most difficult thing about being Miss Mississippi? Um, I think I referenced it earlier, but just kind of the pressure to be Miss Mississippi all the time. Um, I listened to your interview with Emmy Perkins, another Miss Mississippi, and she mentioned being Miss Mississippi is a job. You know, everyone says that, but it's not a nine to five job where you can just unplug from work when you go home. You really are always Miss Mississippi and you're always thinking about being Miss Mississippi. And even if you're just out at dinner with your family, there's a chance that someone could recognize you and you have to be Miss Mississippi and take a picture and sign an autograph or make a video for their friend saying, hey, whatever it is that they asked you to do. Um, so it was it was interesting. I didn't think that I would feel a pressure um, of any sort while I was in that job, but I definitely did. Um, just a pressure to always be my best, always put my best foot forward. And that's not a bad thing to strive for necessarily, but when you literally don't get a day off and you're constantly trying to be the best, um, whether that's on social media or in real life, um, and you're constantly thinking about what's what can I do to be the best Miss Mississippi possible, that can get really exhausting, especially when you're in that headspace for two years. Um, and I was so lucky to have a wonderful family of um, supporters and the Miss Mississippi Corporation provides you a board of wonderful volunteers who help you stay grounded and say, Mary Margaret, it's okay if your hair didn't look perfect at that one appearance, you know, nobody cares about that. And, you know, now that I look back on my two years, that is something I wish I could have um, been a little bit better about is putting less pressure on myself because, you know, people really don't remember at the end, end of the day what you were wearing and, um, you know, what you posted on social media after this one appearance, they really care about how much of your heart you put into the job. And um, I think as long as you're doing your best every single day, that's all you can really do. And, and that should be good enough. Yeah, that's great wisdom. Uh, okay, what was the most shocking thing about Miss America Week? Oh, goodness. It could be um, like literally the type of food that they had, like, it could be the stupidest thing. <laughs> I, I I will run with that. Uh, we, okay, so being in my class of Miss America, it was the first time the pageant had been in Connecticut um, and at the Mohegan Sun Resort. And so I think they were kind of, we were just kind of figuring things out as they went along. And we did eat at the same buffet 21 times that week, 21 times um, at Miss America Week. So it, it definitely was not the glamorous experience that I had always envisioned it to be. And um, you know, back when it was in Atlantic City, they spent two weeks up there and they went to 
spa days and they had the parade with the shoes and this glamorous experience. And like I said, I think my year was kind of like a trial run of figuring out Miss America in Connecticut. And so we kind of missed out on some of that glamour. But um, another surprise that was a great surprise was some of the relationships I formed with other women I competed with that week. Um, We really were a great class and we were so cohesive and we all formed such wonderful friendships that we still have to this day. So there were some good surprises like the friendships I formed and some interesting surprises like eating at the same buffet 21 times in a week. I, I have I have it um, on good authority that that does not happen at Miss America anymore, that it's, it's back to the glamour, which I was glad to hear. Yeah, it seemed like it this year. It was really exciting to see that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Okay, our final question. If you could give one piece of advice to the girls competing at Miss Mississippi this summer, what would it be? Soak it all in, which is very generic advice. But, you know, the further removed I get from competing at Miss Mississippi, um, even as a local title holder, the city of Vicksburg rolls out the red carpet and they make every single girl that shows up to compete feel like she's Miss Mississippi or she's Miss America Um, It really is just unrivaled as far as a state pageant experience goes. And when you get retired from pageantry, it's really hard to replicate that feeling of being special and being celebrated and being so glamorous. Um, You know, the girls that are competing, y'all are really in the primes of your lives as young women. And it's your opportunity to showcase all that hard work to an audience that is dying to see what you have prepared. Um, So really just soak it all in. Um, And at the end of the day, don't let five people's opinions of you dictate how you feel about yourself. Um, Because one of the years I showed up at Miss Mississippi, those five people thought that I was the winner. But two of the years I showed up, they didn't. And um, I think there were lessons in those no's. Um, and ultimately those no's for me, were just not now. Um, and you know, I wish that every girl could be Miss Mississippi one day and feel that feeling. Um, but I think if you are able to take the experience of being a local title holder and learn from what it feels like to not win the title of Miss Mississippi too, that's the most valuable lesson you can take from pageantry in the end is just being okay with knowing that being the best version of yourself is all you can really be at the end of the day and being confident in that and knowing that five people thinking that you're not Miss Mississippi right now should not dictate how you feel about yourself and how you carry yourself into other rooms where you will find success in the future. Period. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Period. Period. (laughs) Thank you so much, Mary Margaret, for coming on. You're so sweet to come chit chat. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, Elizabeth, and I will be cheering you on this summer as you seek the title of Miss Mississippi. I'm super excited for you. You're the best. You're the best. Thank you so much. And I will see the rest of you guys on our next episode. Bye, y'all.